As Lexi mentioned, we're in a series called Say Yes to God's Call on Your Life. And I kicked it off last week, and we're going to continue in that here this particular week, saying yes to God's call on our life. For the next 40 days, we want to take uh, time to really zero in on 12 decisions or 12 disciplines that God is really calling each of us to step up and step out in. Uh, I mentioned last week that, uh, according to uh, experts, the average person lives about 78 years. Um, that's about 28,000, to be exact, 778 days. And I'm just asking for 40 days. That doesn't look like 40 to me, but uh, you get the point. I'm just asking for 40 days. So the rest you can spend however you want. But I'm asking you to take 40 days. Don't you think it's important to take 40 days and think about what's really important to God, what's priority number one, two, three, and four to God, and then kind of see how my life filters through that? I have never in my entire life, and I've lived a couple of minutes by now, I've never heard anybody on their deathbed said, you know, I wished I would have committed less of my life to Christ. I wish I would have spent less time prioritizing my life around God's mission for my life. Never, and never will I. Because there's nothing more important in all the world than saying yes to God's call in our life. Now, I have a quote that I'm using each week in this uh, five-week series and it's a quote from C.S. Lewis, and it goes like this. If you're thinking of becoming a Christian, I warn you, you're embarking on something which will take the whole of you. And I want to ask the question, where are you holding back? Where are you not giving the whole of you to Christ? Where are you saying no to God's call in your life instead of saying yes? And that's what we're talking about for these 40 days. Jesus said, if anybody is to come after me, he must take up his cross daily and follow me. We're looking at 12 decisions. Decisions determine direction. Direction determines destinations. And destinations determine destiny. But it all starts with decisions. 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 What decisions is Christ asking us to make, and are we willing to do it? You know, a lot of people look at Christianity as some thing to add to their life. You know, let me sprinkle in a little bit of Christianity, uh, but I'm not going to have it change my life, or I'm not going to have it dictate my life, and I'm certainly not going to have it transform my life. I just want to add a little religion to my life so that I can kind of be popular with this crowd or that crowd. Well, that's not what the New Testament calls us to. Jesus said, if anyone is to come after me, he must take up his cross daily. Die to himself daily if he wants to follow me. <laughs> a lot of people kind of approach it like the gal who very humorously said this about a diet that she was committing her life to. She says, I don't mean to brag, but I finished my 14-day diet in three hours and 22 minutes. <laughs> oh, that's the diet we're all looking for. But we know that's ineffectual. That's not going to make it happen. Jesus Christ has called us not just to put our toes in the water, but to be all in, to be all in, fully consumed with his mission and passion and calling. And I love this scripture in 2 Peter 1.10, make every effort to confirm your calling. Make every effort to confirm your calling. Make every effort to confirm your calling. And saying yes to these 12, these 12 areas that we're talking about is a great start in that direction. Now, last week, if you were with us, I handed out this bookmark. It has 12 
deliberate discipleship decisions on it. And we started working our way through these. We have a few of these left out at the Connection Center. You also can uh, uh, go to the Connections part of the app and go to this weekend, and you'll see it there by the sermon notes for today. If you're watching online, big welcome to all of our friends online. You'll see a link there as well. I encourage you to take these 12 and filter your life through it and just take a moment sometime this week and say on a scale of 1 to 10, how am I doing in each of these 12? These are Christ's call upon your life and my life. Last week we got started and we looked at grace. Will I completely trust and follow Jesus? And if you weren't here last week, I encourage you to listen to the message. It's a message challenging us to understand the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ and the difference between the two. And at the end of the service, we all stood up and stood in for people that we know in our life that are far from God who desperately need to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. If you believe everybody needs to know Jesus, say a big amen. amen. And almost everybody stood up and stood in for someone because we all have friends and relatives and work associates and neighbors, people we know in our sphere of influence that desperately need to know of his grace. Today we're going to uh, just touch on gather and, and, and then move on. But next week, I wanted to say this, next week we start our new gathering schedule, 9 o'clock and 10.30. Uh, if you are not aware of that, uh, I just want to make sure that that's clear for everybody. Uh, 9 o'clock we start our early service, then at 10.30 we have our main service here, our tradition service, uh, children's churches and all sorts of things are happening. In fact, I want to go to the next slide and just kind of bring to your attention, you might find it interesting, the early service in the activity center is going to be a, a rich blend of what happens in our chapel tradition service and then the contemporary service here. Uh, we're going to have weekly communion every, every single week. Uh, we're going to sing a hymn every week as, long as, uh, as well as uh, contemporary choruses. There's going to be a great fellowship time afterwards. During the 9 o'clock hour, there'll be Sunday school for kids, Sunday school for youth, Sunday school for adults. So we're really excited. I'm very thrilled to be starting uh, a brand new service in the activity center, 9 o'clock. Same sermon uh, next, uh, next week. And then 10.30, we have a couple of services. We have our main service. This is focused more on contemporary worship, as you know, and have come to love and appreciate. We have communion every month. Uh, the sermon will be the same in all of our services, uh, prayer time in, in each and every one of our services. And then traditions, if you're new to BCA and you really, really love hymns and, and more of a traditional worship environment, that happens in a packed chapel every single Sunday at 10.30, and just wonderful uh, traditional uh, hymns and worship songs, of course, regular communion, and incredible, credible fellowship. So next week, it all begins, and I hope that you're a part of that. And then, of course, we also have our online service, children's church, youth uh, service. We have our Batania uh, Spanish congregation, our Deaf church, and our church uh, with the Marshallese friends from the islands. And so lots of stuff going on in that regard. Uh, grow. That's an area that uh, we want to filter our life through. Will I read my Bible and pray each day and fast each week? We're going to talk more about that in weeks to come. Groups. Will I build community by leading or joining a small group? Gifts. Will I use my spiritual gifts to serve others? Giving. Will I tie the first 10% of my income to the Lord's work here at BCA? Um, going, will I share my Jesus story and invite other people to church? So, so important. Godliness, will I forsake sin, recognize his lordship, and live a life of obedience? Generosity, will I move towards sacrificial giving of my time, talent, and treasure? And then grief, 
Will I overcome pain and problems in the power of Christ? That's a new one that I've added as I've been thinking about the kinds of disciplines and dedications we need to make in our life. Seldom does a week go by, if a week goes by, that I'm not talking to someone who's been overcome and overrun by adversity, problems, pain, and grief, and it has derailed them, and they have become a victim held hostage by regret. Very understandable. Life is hard. But the Bible gives us principles on how to rise above and overcome. And in a couple uh, weeks, actually this October 2nd, I'm going to start a brand new series entitled The Road Back from Regret, Eight Steps to Overcoming Negative Emotions and Painful Experiences. How can we break free from those things that try to break us down? And the Bible has a lot of free, empowering scripture and teaching for us. I'm looking forward to that. Gratitude. Will I live with an attitude of gratitude and choose to give thanks to God in all things? And then the twelfth and final one, glorify. Will I make glorifying Christ the primary priority of my life? You say, Rob, why twelve? Well, there were twelve disciples, but that's not why. We live in the land of the twelve, go Seahawks, but that's not why. It just, you know, seemed like twelve was about the right number, and those were uh, the ones that I wanted to focus on, so nothing too scientific. Jesus Christ has called you and me. Now get this. Jesus Christ has called you and me to live a life of obedience, to live a life of discipleship. A disciple is a true follower of Christ who's deeply devoted, a learner, a student of Christ. Jesus has called us to recognize his lordship. He's Lord over all. I'm not. He's the master. He's the savior. He's the sovereign. I'm his servant. He's called us to recognize ownership. He owns everything. I am a steward, a manager. Crucial concepts if I'm going to live a life of discipleship. Today I want to talk about groups. And really the point is this. Am I willing to build other people up? Am I willing to build other people up? I want you to let that just sit and soak just a little bit. I want to challenge you at the end of this sermon to say yes to building others up. Yes to building other people up. You see, God's vision for his church is not for us to slip in on a Sunday and slip out on a Sunday, although I'm glad everybody's here. But he wants us to go a step further. He wants us to integrate, participate in one another's life. No man is an island. The New Testament doesn't teach live in isolation. No, not isolation, rather participation, integration with other people. There's no impact without contact. He wants us to engage and involve ourselves with other people, just like we heard earlier today. God's vision is community, oneness, unity, coming together, doing life together. And I want to ask you, are you willing to say yes to building other people up. Because small groups are nothing other than a way to help us get together and do life together. There are three underpinnings, three major scriptures, there's many more, but three that I want us to take a look at here today that really form a foundation for why and how we do groups here at BCA. First is the one another commands of scripture. Did you know that in the New Testament alone there are over 50 one another commands? I use the word command because this is really what they are. It's Jesus and the New Testament writers commanding us to do one another. So what do I mean by that? Encourage one another, build up one another, be kind to one another, love one another, be devoted to one another. 
Honor one another. Forgive one another. Pray for one another. Admonish one another. Is he going to go through all 50? Accept one another. Care for one another. Serve one another. Comfort one another. And that's just a few. How do you do that in isolation? How do you do that in separation? You only do that up close and personal. You only do that when you make a decision, you choose to say, you know, I'm going to live my life together with other like-minded believers in the hopes of helping build them up, knowing that I too will be built up by them. We can't do the one another's in isolation, only in community. There's another key scripture, and that is found in Acts 2, 42 to 47. This is the example of the early church. Powerful, powerful passage. It says they came together and they were devoted to the fellowship. You know that word fellowship in the Greek is koinonia, which means commune, union, communion, oneness, you know, togetherness. They came together and they did life together. Notice, I like to call these the dynamic dozen. These are 12 ways they integrated their life together. Uh, if you look at Acts 2, 42 to 47, they were devoted to the word. They were devoted to one another in fellowship. Uh, they broke bread and had communion together. They prayed together. Uh, they, they prayed and, and were in awe of the work of God together. Uh, they, uh, they came together and expressed unity and encouragement and enjoyed community together. They sold their possessions, remember that part of the story, so that they could share what they made with those that had need. I love this. They met in the temple each week and then from house to house. Acts 20.20 says they met weekly in the temple and then also house to house. That forms for me a 2020 vision of how we want BCA to be. We meet weekly together in public large group gatherings, but we also meet regularly in small groups for the purpose of building each other up and doing community. Large group, small group, large group, small group. They broke bread. How many know that every small group at BCA eats while they get together? How many know that? You say, Rob, I want to be on the online group. Bring some food and have everybody else that's there eat at the same time, okay? You know, we don't want to break, uh, break our record of making sure that every group is always eating. It seems like that's an obvious one. They praised God together. They enjoyed the favor of the people, and the Lord added to their number. They reached out and helped people find their way to Christ and the cross. The early church serves as a powerful example of how we want to do church today. And then the third underpinning is John 17, 21. And this one just is amazing to me. Not that the others aren't, but this one is as well. Jesus could have prayed for anything in his high priestly prayer. But in John 17, 21, he says, Father, may they be one as we are one. May there be a uni unity, a community, a oneness, a communion, a togetherness. He could have prayed for salvation for everybody. He could have prayed for the healing of everybody. He said, Father, may they be one. He knew the power of oneness. So the question I have for all of us today is, am I willing to build others up? Christ has called me to do life with other people, to be in participation, to, to, to do life in integration, not in isolation. We've looked at the theological backbone to all of this. Now let's take a look at four practical ways and reasons why it's so, so important for us to do life together. I want us to look at four things that every single one of us need from you to me and everybody else as well. You see, our vision as a church is to be a church where everybody is, is a somebody and nobody is alone. We want to be a church where nobody is left out, nobody is missed, where everybody is somebody and nobody is alone. Everybody is somebody. 
And the first thing we need is a community of care. In Romans 13, it says, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. There's another one of the one another's. And one of the best ways to show that we love one another is the next verse, Galatians 6.2. We need to carry each other's burdens, and this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. How can we carry each other's burdens if we don't even know what they are? How do we know what they are if we're living in isolation instead of participation and integrating life together? You say, Rob, why in the world do you work so hard, the church works so hard, everybody works so hard to try to help people come together and join in group life and and Bible study and these types of things. It's these reasons here. Everybody needs a community of care. We all need a small group of people we can care for and people that will care for us. I think of the story of uh, a lady that uh, called up and said, I feel all alone. I'm at the end of my rope. And I thought to myself, how sad. I'm glad she called. But how sad she hasn't pre-wired her life by getting around other people and how sad other people haven't welcomed her into their group. I think of the man who called up and said, hey, I couldn't think of anybody to call, so I called the church. And I thought, I'm glad you called the church. But I also feel real sad that you haven't pre-wired your life and built a group around you and participated in a group. Life can be difficult. Life can be hard. Life can be challenging. I remember the story that I uh, read and studied, a story that you are all very familiar with, and it's the story of the sinking of the Titanic. April 15, 1912. The unsinkable, unthinkable happened. The Titanic was supposed to be unsinkable. And yet we know (laughs) the unthinkable happened. Streaming through the North Atlantic, it ran into an iceberg. Two hours and 40 minutes after striking the iceberg, which tore a 300-foot gash in the starboard side, the Titanic plunged 1,000 feet to the seafloor. It only had 20 lifeboats on board, less than half the number needed. And as you read the story, and many of you know the story very, very well, the lifeboats were taken off, you know, put into the water. People jumped in, got loaded up. Many of the lifeboats had only a few people on it, some only half full, and they rowed away, leaving many behind. And as they took people to safety, they didn't come back for others. They didn't want to be swamped by people who were drowning because maybe they too might be drowned. I've often thought, how would you feel some years later when you realize we could have gone back and saved a precious few, but we didn't even try? And then there's the most powerful lesson for me, really. There was one boat, Lifeboat 14, maybe you've read about it, that did go back. It made its way through the dark, moving to the sound of people screaming for help. And they did rescue a precious few. Only one, Lifeboat 14. Now to me, there's a metaphor there. There's a metaphor. We live in a world where many people are drowning at sea. Many people are crying for help, even if they don't know what they're doing or or what they're saying. There are many people that, that need help for one reason or another. 
and we need to man the lifeboats. We need each and every person that possibly can. We need all hands on deck. We need all people manning a lifeboat. And we need to do everything we possibly can to rescue and help and encourage as many people as we possibly can. The question for you and me today is, will we help build others up or will we not? It's a simple question with one of two answers, yes or no. And I want to pose it that way to make it as simple for us to get our heads and hearts wrapped around. Will I build others up or not? Will I be a lifeboat 14? Will I help build groups which are like lifeboats? You may have never thought of it that way, but I think about it that way all the time. A lifeboat is a group coming together to encourage and build each other up and help each other and care and pray for one another. Lifeboat 14. Providing care and strength to others. 2,240 people were aboard the Titanic. 1,500 died. They had less than half the number of lifeboats on the ship to begin with. And friends, I believe we have less than half the number of small groups that we need and want to build, but we need you. Would you consider saying yes today? You say, I'm willing. I want to be a help. I want to be an encouragement. I want to be a blessing. I, I want to say yes to building others up. I want to say yes to living out the one another's. You say, well, I do that for my family. I'm asking you to take it a step further for people outside your family. Join a group, host a group, lead a group, co-lead a group. Sign up on person today out on the lobby. Sign up online. You can do so by going right there to that same connection card we referred to earlier and say in the comment section, I want to be part of a group. The second thing we all need is a circle of encouragement. We all need a circle of encouragement. People will speak into our lives and we speak into their life. First Thessalonians 5.11 said, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. Build each other up. Will I say yes to building each other up? That's the question here today. Just think about one emotion, just one emotion. Fear. People are bound by fear today. It comes from all sorts of different sources. You know, fear about kids, fear about marriage, you know, fear about change, failure, inadequacy, criticism, circumstances, past and future. And then there are so many other issues as well. You know, I was thinking, there are a lot of lessons you can learn uh, from your pets and from other animals. Have you ever thought of that? I mean, Rex is always full of joy. He is always happy to see me. He is always full of excitement. And I have said to myself, I want to be like Rex when I grow up someday. That energy, unbelievable. The joy, off the charts. Happiness, this guy is one happy guy. I think, man, I need to take some from him. As I'm on my bike cycling uh, each day, I'm watching this documentary on Patagonia, and it's got just all of these incredible stories about animals and sea life. And, and there was this one about these birds. They, they have to eat and eat and eat and eat because they're getting ready to migrate to Texas, from Patagonia to Texas, 5,000 miles without stopping. That's a lot of food they need to take in to make that trip. We've all 
studied the lessons of flying geese. And it's a powerful, powerful story. Just to remind you, by flying in a V formation, the whole flock adds at least 71% greater flying range than if it flew on its own. I mean, you understand the metaphor. Doing life together is more impactful and fruitful and overall better than going it alone. Whenever a goose falls out of formation, it suddenly feels the dragon resistance of trying to go it alone. So it jumps back in to formation to receive the benefit of the lifting power by the others. When the lead goose gets tired, it rotates back in the wing and another goose flies point. Just think of the encouragement that they offer one another, helping, building, strengthening. I love this one. These geese honk from behind and encourage those up front to keep up their speed. Turn to someone right now and go, honk, honk, go ahead and do it right now. Yeah, yeah. perfect. Fantastic. Fantastic. What a shame if it is true that the geese encourage each other more than we encourage one another. If you choose to live in isolation and not participation, you are missing a Christ command and one of the things he wants you to do, and that is to build others up. Finally, one more analogy. When a goose gets sick or wounded, it flies to the ground and two other geese fly with them. And they stay with that wounded or sick goose until it is better or dies. And then they all fly or the other two fly back and catch up with another uh, flock, if you will, and eventually find their original flock. You know, you read that and you go, know, you've got to be kidding me. That's amazing. Who created all these animals? Oh, God. Who created us? God. And he created us with a gene to do life together. It's better together. So the question again here today is, will I say yes to Christ's command to build others up? And I am hoping and praying, as I have been hoping and praying for some time now, that everybody will say yes and sign up to join or lead or co-lead a group today. Do it online if you're watching. Do it in person on your way out or do it in online if you're here today. The third thing we all need is a cadre of prayer. How many need prayer from time to time? How many know people that need prayer? Absolutely, we all do. We need to pray for others. We need others to pray for us. Notice what it says in Ephesians 6, 18. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. Always keep on praying for all the saints. And we need to be in smaller groups where we can get acquainted and hear people's heart, know where their concerns are so that we know how to pray for them and we share our needs so that they can pray for us. You say, well, I've got family that does all that for me. Well, guess what? Not everybody does. As a church of the Lord Jesus Christ, we say yes to his command to build others up in a more broad way, more broad sense as broadly as we can. There are needs everywhere we look. Marriage needs, family needs, faith needs, work needs, health needs, financial needs, special needs. 
Imagine one day, not 50, but 100 groups, 150, 200 groups that are meeting on a regular basis, praying for one another and lifting each other up through prayer. That's the vision. That's my dream. That's my desire. And that happens by doing life together in community. Look what it says here in Romans 12. Love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another. There's another one another. It's talking about community here. And then at the very end it says, be faithful to prayer. Be faithful in praying for one another. That first scripture in Ephesians chapter six comes at the tail end of the passage on putting on the armor of God. And then it ends with the importance of prayer. You know, we need to be dressed, you know, for battle and for spiritual warfare and all the things we've talked about many times before. But we also need to be a part of a prayer platoon, a prayer platoon where we are praying for one another and others are praying for us and and we are doing battle in prayer that way. Join a group, host a group, lead a group, sign up today. Say yes, say yes. Don't say maybe, that's not an option. It's yes or it's no. Say yes. One more, a core of accountability. Sports teams, work teams, education teams, medical teams, all sorts of teams hold each other accountability. Great teams hold each other accountable. People need you to help raise the bar for them, and you need other people to help raise the bar for you, and we need to hold each other accountable. I mean, I hear this over and over again, people talking about loved ones, family, sons, daughters, grandkids, saying, man, so-and-so is going through a really tough season. I hope God brings someone along their path, someone into their life that can really encourage them and help them and influence them in a good way. Well, friends here at BCA, we need to organize ourselves in a way that we can influence and encourage and help and build up and bless other people by forming more and more small groups where people can come in and be involved and be lifted up and encouraged and yes, even be held accountable. Accountable to the standards of scripture. Held accountable to the standards of God's word. So don't wait, don't delay. You say, well, I really can't participate in a small group. Well, if you think about it, it's probably, probably, you don't want to for some reason, it's probably an excuse for some reason, but I don't want to let you off the hook that easy here today. You say, well, I'm too busy. Well, we are never too busy to yet say yes to God's call. We are never too busy. Well, I'm too shy. Well, I get that. But God wants you to grow. So step out, give it a try. It can't be that bad. Too selfish. I don't want to give of my precious time. Well, be less selfish. (laughs) And say yes to God's call. You say, if it's Rob's call, it's going to be easier to say no. If it's the call of Jesus Christ who was uh, stretched on a cross for you, look into his eyes of love on that cross and say, you know, I'm just not able to do it. Have you ever put yourself through that? When there's things that I'm not altogether sure I want to participate in, I envision looking to the eyes of my Lord and Savior, my Master Jesus Christ, and telling him no? You've got to be kidding me. I'm going to say yes every time I possibly can and ask him to help me follow through. How about too afraid? I don't want to... Make a fool of myself. Listen, 
Here's how you do this. If you get in a group and you, you, know, you, you just don't want to be made of, just, just simply say, go march on, lynch on them and say, I'm here only so I don't get fined. That's all you need to say and then, and then let people kind of spin around and wonder what you just said and by that time, everybody will be good. If you don't know who Marshawn Lynch is, come up with something else. You know, Pastor Rob told me I have to be here. I don't really want to be here. And just kind of see where it goes from there. It's a great ice-breaking mechanism. Try it. You might like it. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity the one who falls down has no one to help them up. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Join a group. Say yes. Lead a group. You see, this is important for us to be the church that Jesus Christ envisions that we need to be. We need to intersect with each other. We need to participate in each other's life. My wife and I this fall are leading six different groups. And that's probably too many, but we really want to fast-track this. Others are leading more than one. I want to encourage everybody that possibly can to say yes and help us speed along the importance of really building community. I want to do something a little different here today. I want you to join me in taking a look at this next slide as we apply today's message and get ready to wrap things up. There's a QR code there. If you go ahead and take a picture of that, it'll take you right to our connection card. Uh, if you'd rather do a, a physical version, there's one in front of you. If you're here in person or in the chapel, there's also a connection card. Uh, if you're watching online, you'll see a connection card link there as well. And what I want you to do is I want you to put the corresponding letter with each of these four statements as we wrap up the message here today. And it's not just pick the one that's closest. Pick all that apply. Letter A, as a result of today's message and challenge, I want God to use me in building others up. If that's you, in fact, I want everybody, everybody, 100% participation. If I could be king for a day, I would have you do that. In, in the spirit of accountability, let me encourage you to do this as we continue to move forward as a church family. I want God to use me in building others up. That's really the first one. If that's you, put an A down. B, I want to join a group or class, and I'm going to sign up. I'm going to sign up. I'm going to sign up today online. I'm going to sign up today in the lobby. I want to lead or help lead a group. Hey, I want to, I want to be a part of building more lifeboats. I want to be a part of, uh, of expanding our opportunity to come alongside, influence, encourage, pray, and bless other people. 100% participation in the chapel. 100% participation online. 100% participation right here in the main auditorium. Finally, and most importantly, today I realize I need to get serious about my walk with Christ. I'm committing or recommitting my life to Jesus today. Not half-baked, not just toes in the water. I'm jumping in. I want to be a fully devoted disciple of Jesus Christ. My Savior who died on the cross and was stretched between heaven and earth, who said yes for me, I want to say yes for him. Over the course of these few weeks, we're looking at 12 ways, 12 areas where we need to ask ourselves, am I willing to deliberately devote myself to Jesus Christ in areas that Christ commands us, Christ calls us to? 
Lord, as we bow our hearts and heads in prayer, I pray your blessing on BCA. Lord, this church has been planted in this community, downtown Everett, at the core of the county seat, to be a blessing in so many different ways, reaching out to our community through compassion, preaching God's word, leading children's youth ministries, building groups, doing outreach literally around the world. We are here and have been here for a long, long time to fulfill your purposes. And today we're talking about taking the next step in building community by growing, growing, growing groups. God, I pray you lay it upon the hearts of so many here today. As they fill out the card online, as they drop their completed physical cards in the black box as they leave in just a few moments, God, I pray that there'll be a revival of compassion and care to build other people up. We need to build other people up and position ourselves in such a way through groups so that we're in closer proximity to people and get to hear their heart, their burdens, and they ours and grow in that caring way that way. God, I also pray for those last week who committed or recommitted their life to Jesus Christ. I pray for those who are committing or recommitting their life to Jesus Christ right now. I pray, God, you'll flood their lives with your presence. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. In two Wednesdays from now, we're going to start a brand new class called Basic Christian Beliefs. And I'm going to be teaching that on Wednesday nights here. If you have recently committed your life to Christ or you want to kick the tires of faith, I invite you to join with me and our team as we walk through a series of lessons that I think you'll find very, very helpful. I'm going to invite us all to stand, and I'm going to invite our prayer team to come forward. Uh, in the chapel, our uh, pastors are going to uh, take leadership of the service right now and close in a very special way, as well as our uh, pastor online. But our prayer team is going to come forward, and if you would like to uh, come and bring a need, I invite you to come. We're going to sing a closing song, then we'll be dismissed. Just go ahead and step out. Maybe you want to stand in for someone and pray for somebody going through a really hard time. Uh, we invite you to come. Let's sing, and then we'll be dismissed.